Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Welcome hey, back, Logan. Thank you so much. How you been, Daniel? Good. It's been a couple weeks since you and I hung out. Yeah, I know. It's been a minute. But life Can't is good. I mean, everything's expensive, no matter where you go. Can I get an amen? Everything's expensive. Do you have any tips or advice? Do you do anything to save money when stuff's expensive like this? Like, do you do anything like... Don't shop. Don't shop. Ride your bike. <laughs> um, no, I think the biggest thing is you just have to go through your budget and go, what is not providing the value in my life it ought to like during the pandemic people uh added subscription services mm-hmm. i mean obviously uh well maybe by now maybe they started cutting them per netflix earnings report right yeah for sure but we've all added kind of like ancillary things extra streaming services and other random stuff and then maybe now with the reopening people are then adding back other services like gym memberships or whatever eating out so i think Really looking through, hopefully by now, people who are listening to the show are tracking and budgeting and doing kind of their monthly finances, right? Um, So looking at, you know, if you have a $30 subscription, but you rarely use it, figuring out, you know, what's your price per use on something like that? Or, you know, are you getting out of it what you're paying into it? Mm -hmm. Just, uh, and that's going to be different for everybody. So, you know, somebody might pay a monthly subscription for a gym or something you know maybe they take classes or something but it really helps them uh stay committed to fitness and health and stuff like that and so they're getting out of that what they're putting in financially and their budget allows for it etc but then some people might have you know xyz streaming service that they've been paying for for two years and they watch one show a month on it or something Right, right and yeah they like that one show but they're paying like 30 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever for every one episode they watch because they're only getting to one a month. So I think really going through and looking at those things and item by item basis going, am I getting out of this uh, what I desire? And you can you can stretch that all the way to physical good purchases, purchases mm-hmm. you know, like if you're, if you're buying clothes or appliances or something, you know, how often am I using this? And, you know, what's my rough price per use? If, you know, if you're buying clothes and, you know, you're going like, designer name brands or something like that and you go okay i'm gonna wear this twice a year and it costs a ridiculous amount right this is my how much i'm paying per use of that and go am i okay with that (laughs) and no judgment hey maybe you are but maybe you're not okay yeah that's good i mean i use uh i use gas buddy on my phone okay yeah to math out okay if i get 10 cents less here is it worth it for nice. me to drive the extra couple miles to go get it? And... Yeah. Well, you know it's depressing for me because I have the gas station right outside my window. So oh, I, I look like five times a day to see if gas prices have gone up. And then I just use that as the barometer on the way home. And I look at all the gas stations and go, is it cheaper than it was by our office? And right. I'll fill it there. I don't know. I don't even look. I'm just like. It's just sad. It's just it's brutal right now. Yeah, I, th- and... I saw something. Lexington, I think we're like. Four seventy, but I saw the national average right now is over five dollars. So that's brutal. I can't take it anymore. All right. Well, we do have a good question today that we want to get yeah, to. Speaking of inflation, um, it yeah, kind of ties into it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I know we talked. Uh, was it the last episode or two episodes ago? You all talked deeply about I bonds. 
Yeah, I don't remember. Okay, so this is another question, kind of similar similar vein. So um, let's get to the question today from Dennis. DIY! Good morning, DIY money guys. This is Dennis in Winston. I have a question about why we are not talking much about the Series E bonds having a guaranteed doubling in value in 20 years. I recently picked up one of the Series I bonds, and it looks very good for right now. But I saw this doubling guarantee on Treasury Direct. Could you speak to that, please? All right, Daniel. You're you're the expert on, on bonds and these details. And Riveting. Government websites. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about you know what a double E bond is and how it's different from an I bond and, and what that looks like. Sure. So we kind of briefly sort of glanced or touched on Series E E bonds when we talked about I bonds, just the fact that it's another option on there when you go into the website and so forth. And so uh, Series E bonds are what would be considered kind of a traditional savings bond. So you put money in, you get a fixed interest rate. Um, there's no inflation adjustment like there is with Series I bonds. Um, they're not what would be considered marketable securities, like a treasury bond. Okay. Uh, a marketable security is something that you can buy in your brokerage account. So you could go to like a Schwab, uh, Fidelity. I don't know if like the those online mobile brokers uh, allow you to do it or, or not. But you could, with what's called marketable uh, bonds, is you can go and buy them in your brokerage. And then if you needed to sell them in six months or 12 months mm-hmm. or something like that, before they mature, you can sell them. Uh, now, Series E bonds, you can redeem, just like the I bonds. So you can redeem them early, uh, but you're going to, it's like a CD, just like the I bonds. You'll pay a penalty for the last couple months of interest. Okay. But the interest rate on, EE bonds right now is 0.10%. Okay, so basically very, very low. Basically nothing. Yeah, now you can get uh, savings accounts that beat that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, I think Ally Savings, which is the one our family uses, it's not a recommendation, it's just where mm-hmm. we throw our money, uh, is 0.75% for a savings account. So that's not so bad. Uh, it's much better than 0.10. Uh, in fact, 7.5 times better, <laughs> technically. Um so, yeah, you're not getting much in there. So now what uh, Dennis, Dennis, right? Mm-hmm. What Dennis is mentioning is like the fine print on Series E bonds. So okay. uh, Series E bond, uh, you can hold it for up to 30 years. You get a 0.10% interest rate during that time. However, they have this like little asterisk fine print in a Series E bond that says, uh, regardless of what that interest rate is, it will be guaranteed to double in 20 years. So if you hold it, you sock cash in it, you hold it uh, 20 years from the time that you bought it, at that point it will double. So you'll get an adjustment to, to, to double it. I guess that would just, like on your 20th anniversary, all of a sudden you would just notice it. Because right now you'll see it move like nothing right? Uh, then from then year to year to year. And I, I presume that on year 20, all of a sudden it's just like, boom, you have twice what you put it. So if you put a th- $1,000 in, uh, you'll see like little interest rate accrue here and there, and then on year twenty, uh, you'll see two thousand dollars because you'll you'll have been under that the entire time because that interest was not very much. So uh, that sounds really good, right? So doubling your money, um, I think. And Dennis is asking, why aren't we talking a lot more about that? Right. Uh, because in conjunction with something like I bonds, that seems pretty good. I think uh, for me, this is the reason why I've not brought it up on the podcast. Is it? 
in the scheme of the investment universe, that interest rate isn't that great. And when you say the interest rate, so mm-hmm. basically I go, I buy this bond. I think you can only buy $10,000 worth max per person. Boy, I haven't looked at that. I uh, think so. Is I that, think so. Is yeah. that true? I was going to say, I haven't even considered purchasing them, so I haven't looked at all of the uh, studios, but that sounds Yeah, and I accurate. think it's similar to the I-bonds is in it? that you okay. can buy 10000 But basically, you know what, what interest rate are you talking about if I get 0.10% each each year, mm-hmm. but then I, all of a sudden it doubles. How do you even determine what that interest rate looks like? Sure. So obviously the point one zero we already established that's kind of really crappy interest rate yeah. compared to what you can get elsewhere. Uh, so the doubling interest rate. So if if you put a thousand dollars into something today and it's two thousand dollars at the end of twenty years, utilizing an investment or a present value calculator, you can calculate what the implied interest rate is on that. Okay. Not implied, what the actual interest rate is on that. What you would have to um, uh, the threshold you have to get over to beat that interest rate. And so if you do that, if you throw that into investment calculator, looking at roughly 3.5, I think it's 3.52 decimal, whatever, right? Um, so we'll round it. We'll just say 3.5% roughly gets you double in roughly 20 years. Um, now, obviously, it's better than savings accounts right now. It's not as good as the I-bonds, right? right? Yeah, uh, which are returning like 9.6% right for, this for this current six, six months. months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so 3.5%. Now, what you have to do, uh, one, is you have to realize that in order to get that return, you have to hold it to that 20-year anniversary. Yeah. So if you liquidate that at 18 years or 19 years because you need the money because you're using it as an emergency fund or something like that, you don't get any portion of that doubling. You just get that 0.10 that you've had all along. You also have to compare it to other rates that you can get out in the market. And right now, if you go to your brokerage account or you just go to Treasury Direct and you look at the 20-year Treasury bonds, as of this morning, uh, when we were prepping for this podcast, they were paying like... And, and these interest rates move throughout the day, right? And day-to-day, et cetera. But they were uh, 20-year bonds were uh, offering 34 to 3.42% this morning. Right. So that's... I mean, that's pretty close. That's only 0.10% mm-hmm. away from the Series E bonds. Now, the upside to buying an actual 20-year Treasury bond is that any time between now and 20 years, you can sell that. Now, when interest rates in the market move, the value of that bond is going to move. So uh, if interest rates on the 20-year were to go from 3.4, like they are today, to say 4% or 5%, -hmm. what you can what you can sell that bond for would be reduced yeah. because whoever you're selling it to now wants to get that relative interest till maturity, but you can sell it and you will have gotten that percentage um, yield to the time that you sold it. Um, the inverse is true though. If interest rates go down significantly, uh, the price that you can sell that for will go up mm-hmm. uh, and then you can cash it out, but you're getting interest along the way is what I'm Right. trying to get to in right. that. So it's a little bit more beneficial because if you sell at any time before, um, barring big moves in interest rates, you'll relatively get you know, um, a reasonable return. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you held it to maturity 20 years, you'll get the same as what you would have gotten on the Series E bond. So for all intents and purposes, they're fairly equal. Right. But, you know, 
like you mentioned, the positive is if you just go out and buy treasure bound, not only do you not have limits around it, mm-hmm. you don't have a $10,000 limit, but also you have the opportunity to sell it if you need those funds and not have a significant you could say penalty because you have to hold for 20 years yeah. to get that doubling effect. Yeah, plus keep in mind, I mean, two-year bonds right now are yielding something like 2-ish percent. Uh, stalls to pull up. <laughs> uh, bond quotes. Yeah, 2.83% on a two-year bond. Yeah, exactly. Right, so you're locked in for th- uh, 20 years to get 3.5%, or you can buy a two-year bond in the market right now you get your principal back plus, uh, plus the interest along the way uh, for two years. That's 2.83%. A three-year is 3%. Now, there's a theory in the bond world, and I forget the exact name of the theory, but the way bonds are sort of priced. So that 20-year bond that has a 3.4% uh, rate, yeah. in theory, if you bought any other bond along the yield curve and you kept rolling that over, given everything the world knows today, obviously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. economic can change between Nothing now changed. and 20 years yeah. from now. But in theory, because remember we said if interest rates change, that 20-year bond's going to shift and so forth. But in theory, if you just kept rolling over bonds, you should get roughly in the long term about that same interest. Now that, no, that's interesting. Yeah. In practicality, that's not going to happen because things along the way are, going to, yeah. are going to change. But the, the way the yield curve is roughly priced is everything that bond traders know about the market today. What they're trying to price in is that there's actually no benefit to buying the 20-year versus the one-year and then rolling it over every one year. They're pricing everything they think they know about the world and the economy today and saying, okay, the 20-year is priced in the same way as if you bought that one year and then when it matured in a year, you bought another one year. That's not a guarantee, but it's just it's something to think about. So I would not buy an EE bond because I have to hold it for 20 years. Right. Personally, you probably wouldn't either. No. Because uh, you have to hold it all the way to that time. I probably also wouldn't buy, buy the twenty-year government bond because it offers a three point four percent, but you're taking interest rate risk, right? Um, and so forth. I would probably, if I was looking to supplement I bonds with sort of emergency fund reserves, like extra cash that I wanted to keep. So this is not long-term cash. It wouldn't be you know my retirement fund things like that. It's right. just cash that I want to have on hand. Uh, I would look somewhere. Given where yields are today at a one to three year mm-hmm. government bond, uh, that's going to yield you between two point three to three percent. Um, it's going to be short enough that if yields change and you know the Fed is raising rates, we have inflation going on, things like that, so yields could go higher, they could go lower. Uh, but if those interest rates change, buying a short enough bond is going to see less effect of that interest yeah. rate change. Good. What would you do in that instance if you had money beyond your 10000 that you could put into an I-bond? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we talk to clients about that strategy a lot is just putting it into a treasury account. Mm-hmm. You know, not all of your emergency fund needs to be locked up in something. Some yeah. can just be in your high-yield savings account like the, the ally that you talked about. Or yeah, something I'd keep like one, that. one to three months keep, maybe. Yeah, one to three months account. that you can just get at. Mm-hmm. But if you have a six-month emergency fund, those three additional months you have I-bonds, on top of it, I would probably do, you know, a one to, I mean, even a one-year treasury is paying pretty good. 2.3, right it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at roughly three times what a online high-yield savings account is. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Which isn't terrible. Yeah. So. Great. All right, Dennis, that was a great question. Uh, we hope we answered that for you and, and gave you some insight on that. D-E-N-N-I-S. 
the dentist system. It's tough to lock your money up for 20 years. That's basically what we're saying. It, it, that is difficult, especially. We could have just said that at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> especially with Stop what the show. we're seeing. <laughs> um, and. You know, guys, we got to get some questions in here. Um, so send questions into the queue. We need to get some more. Fill it up. Uh, the one-minute thing has been working great. You all have been sending in really good questions that are around a minute long. Um, but keep sending us those audio questions. Don't write in a question, but send us those audio files, and we'll use it on the podcast. And just like Dennis, you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card sent to your email. It's super easy and it's super efficient. So the secret to wealth is very simple live on less than you make invest the rest do so for a very long time make it a great one thanks for listening to this episode of the show if you want content delivered to you regularly be sure to follow us on instagram at diy.money and if you want your question aired on the show be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 amazon gift card This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.